0: Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you. I never, ever get tired of seeing that. And I thank you for the symbolism of death to life. And Father, we realize until we die to ourselves, and Father, we come alive in you that there is no real deep, lasting joy And Father, we thank you today that we understand that sometimes pain and suffering is something that you don't do it, but you allow it to build in us things that we need that we could never get to without it. So Father, today, as we think about that seed planted in the dirt, that dead seed that comes to life, a new life, Father, that no matter what we've been through, how much we've been hurt, how difficult things are, That we can cry out to you and that you always hear us we're never alone thank you father in Jesus name amen and amen Mm. let me ask you a question have you ever been in a situation where man you were so hurt you were so devastated that the only thing you could think was to say hey why I mean why does this have to happen to me of all the people why me and why now? Have you ever done that? Have you ever been there? I mean, if you have it, you will. If you live long enough, I have this theory. You're either going into a storm and suffering, you're in it, or you're coming out of it. And uh, maybe you've been there. Maybe you got the call. Someone you love dearly had died. Uh, maybe you got the diagnosis where you're with the doctor and, and they dropped that C word on you, you know, that cancer word. And everything in your life just went like this. And you were wondering, why in the world would a good God allow something this bad to happen to me? And for many people, it's been the reason you've not really followed God wholeheartedly. And, oh, yeah, you've come to church, and, yeah, you've prayed, but you've kind of kept a shell around your heart because you didn't really trust that a good God was really out there because of the pain you've suffered I'm going to tell you, a lot went into this message. I wept a lot this week. I'm not a big crier, just so you know. Uh, But when God shows up, man, it's like I can't help it. And and, and one of the things that I did walking into this message, because I didn't want it to be a flippant message about, hey, if you're suffering, here's three things you can do, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I called a lot of people that I knew that were hurting. And, man, I listened to their story. I listened to their struggle. And I just kind of let myself kind of feel that deeply so that I could share with you honestly about what the Bible says and so my heart could connect with your heart because I've suffered like you've suffered. And for many of you, if you're not suffering this message, you're like, hey, you know, that's, what do you, you know let's kind of move it along. But if you're suffering and then you open yourself up to this message, it could save your life. Today, I'm going to talk about a guy who had the, the worst day in the history of all mankind. He said, no, my day was worse. No, no, this guy's got you beat. In one afternoon, Job, it's in the Bible, not job. You always say, what's job? Is that about my job? I mean, a lot of you have never read the Bible, and it's okay, because that's why I'm here. It's why you have me, okay? But, uh, but Job was a guy who lived 4,000 years ago, and in one afternoon, we're going to read it in just a minute, and you can go back and read some of the book. It's kind of a long book, but... But you're going to see how in one afternoon, he lost everything. Terrorism came in and destroyed like all of his livestock <laughs> in one afternoon. I mean, like this guy comes, you're going to hear it in a minute and say, hey, you know, everything's gone. The, the Sabaeans came in and it's all gone. And, and then also then lightning struck in and, and all of his businesses and burned him down to the ground. There was no insurance back then. Uh, probably wouldn't have covered it anyway, depending on the clause. I said, I don't know why I do that. That's not in my message notes, and I don't know why I do that. It's a broken world. Uh, And then, like, you know, all of a sudden there's this storm, a tornado sweeps through, and all of his kids are, they're having like a family reunion, okay? And a tornado comes, and and it blows out the four corners of the house, and the, 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 the ceiling falls on his whole family, all of his beautiful, smart, talented kids, and they're all dead. This all happened in one day. And, and, and the book of Job uncovers a 4,000-year question of why would a good God allow such bad things to happen to such great people? So today I'm going to read the passage, and you can go back and listen to this message later or send it to someone so that they can get this message. And I'm going to read the passage. I'm going to talk to your head, okay, your brain about why this happens. And for some of you, you're going to really like that, but for you who are hurting at the end, I'm gonna to talk to your heart. And I'm gonna give you some information that could save your life. Because when you're hurting, and I've been there, okay, you're talking to a guy who's been there. So a lot of it's been with you over 35 years. And, and there's a moment in the suffering where you're, you're thinking, they're just in your mind, you have a thought, I don't think this is worth it, I don't think it's ever going away, and that's the enemy. Because suffering doesn't last forever. And you're going to find today at the end of the message that not only is suffering not going to last forever, God can work in your suffering to do things in you that can never have been done any other way. And and, and unless you think I'm lying, let me read Job chapter 1, and beginning with verse 6, and I'll kind of tell you what's going on. If you've never read the book of Job, just kind of start, read the first 10 chapters, skip to the last 10, and then you've got the whole thing. Okay, chapter 1, verse 6. One day the angels... This is so cool. You get to see behind the curtain, okay? Uh, They came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, who's a fallen angel, also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? He said, well, I've come from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth, seeking whom I may destroy in the New Testament. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him on the earth. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And the devil, who's the accuser, says, well, does he fear God for nothing? I mean, you put a hedge around him in his household, everything he has. I mean, you've blessed the work of his hands. So this flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Now, if you stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, he will surely curse you to your face because he only likes you because of the good stuff you're giving him. And and that's a lie. Satan is a liar. So the Lord said to Satan, and now this was God's idea, okay? He's not making these things happen. He's He's not saying this ought to happen. This is the devil. The bad things that come into your life are not from God. And he said to Satan, very well, then everything he has is in your power, for on this man himself do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out in the presence of the Lord, went out from there. And one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, A messenger came to Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them and they put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one left that's escaped to tell you. That's a bad day. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said the fire of God fell, lightning fell, from heaven and burned up the sheep and oxen and servants. I'm the only one left to tell you. I've escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans, they formed three raiding parties. They swept down on your camels, made off with all your camels, and put your servants to the sword, and I'm the only one left that escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they were dead. And I'm the only one left to tell you, and if this Job got up and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell to the ground in worship, oh my goodness, man, you need to go back and read that. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I'll return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be blessed, be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Now, that is Amazing you're like what does all that mean well well the curtain is pulled back so you can know three things this is the intellectual part the biblical part that I want you to get and the first is you have a real enemy called the devil now you're like I don't believe in the devil well some of you have been married to them I mean don't like, like don't even don't even start There's songs their Netflix shows about the devil I mean well where'd that come from I mean, some of you have to, been told or have told somebody to go live with the devil in the, in the end times. I, I walked up to Starbucks a, a few months ago, and a guy, and I got a conversation with him. I can't go into the details about it. And he told me to go there to that place. He told me that. And I said, bro, I ain't got time. I mean, peace out. I mean, like, I just make people mad. I don't know why. I have a gift, okay? But anyway, there is a devil, and uh, he is roaming And he looks to destroy you and your family and your marriage. So if you want to know what's going on in your life while you're struggling, you've got an enemy. He's a real enemy. And you go back and read in the Bible, in Revelation chapter 12, Isaiah chapter 14, in the book of Ezekiel. you say, I don't believe that. Well, go back and read it. And this angel is a fallen angel that has a third of the angels, these, these spiritual beings who are on this earth to make your life a living hell. That's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against spirits and principalities and powers of darkness in the air. That's why Jesus says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's one of the reasons I love doing what I do because I like to do battle. I'm a batter. I'm a warrior. And I like to do battle for you and with you. Because I know that the enemy wants to eat your children. <laughs> and I'm just not gonna let it happen. And so I know he's out there. You know, I've seen it, I've felt it. I ain't gonna we'll talk about it in Haiti when they, they worship the devil and uh, the, the voodoo doctors and the flags. I ain't gonna go into that. Sometimes you can see it, okay? You can smell it, you know it's there. But, but he makes you think, well, ah, oh, that's just superstition. Yeah, so he can eat you. But the second thing is that our world is broken. And our world is broken, well, namely because Adam and Eve broke it, okay, back in Genesis chapter 3. when Genesis chapter 2, they're rolling, okay, they're rocking and rolling. They're living the dream. God says, hey, they're walking with God, okay, everything's amazing. God says, just don't eat of this one tree, the knowledge of good and evil, okay? And, uh, because if you eat of that, it's going to be bad. And they're like, hey, but we want that because we believe you're holding out on us. And you've done that and I've done that. And the reason we face some of the pain that we're facing is because Adam and Eve and you and I have said, God, we don't want you in charge of our life. We want to kind of do what we want to do. And so God has kind of moved his hand back a little bit so that you see the pain in life that you and I have created. The philosophers and the theologians, and I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to take the time to read it. But it says it's, it's like a, a sailor that has been awakened, and they look around, and they see all this stuff and a pieces of a ship, and they put together, hey, something cosmic has happened here. Something is wrong because I see all this treasure, and I see this boat, and I'm not sure what it is, but I know it wasn't meant to be like this. And when you look around at the world, I mean, you see the beauty of the world. You can't miss it. But then you know something is wrong. Something is broken. Things aren't the way they should be. I mean, our world is freaky. Can we just agree with that? I mean, you look around, man, there is poverty, there is brokenness, there is crime. It's just you're going, something is wrong. But here's the third thing, and this is where people sometimes, if you're really into fundamentalism, you're going to kind of tune me out. Bad things are going to also happen to you because pain and suffering comes to everybody. You say, no, 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 I got faith. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know you got faith. But there's no way to bubble wrap your life. You say, but if I go, you mean, you mean if I go to church and if I pray and I read my Bible, that I'm still going to have problems? Yeah. Why? Because Job, Job was blameless Job was righteous. The Bible says, if you go back and read the verses I didn't read, it says that he was the greatest man on the face of the earth, and he suffered. Listen, everybody here, you're going to go through seasons that are difficult. The apostle Paul, who wrote nine books of the Bible, okay? You may be a, just an awesome person, but you ain't wrote the Bible. In nine books of the Bible, there's this, there's this thorn in the flesh that, that Satan has put in his life that's kind of just hindering him and hurting him, and, and he, asks, he asks God in faith in prayer three times as he's writing the Bible, and God says, No, because I'm working in you and doing things in you that couldn't happen any other way, and you're going, That's not fair. That's not right. L- listen, it, things fairness stopped at Genesis 3 you're getting and I'm getting exactly what we deserve. All the disciples suffered. Jesus died on a cross. I mean, if you call yourself a Christian, I mean, your emblem is an emblem of suffering and shame. You say, well, what difference does it make then if I serve God? What difference does it make if, if I pray? What difference does it make if I read the Bible? What difference does it make if I'm in a house church? It makes all the difference in the world. Because the gospel means when you suffer, you can suffer well. And you can come out of that and you can do things and have deep joy that you could have never had any other way. See, our culture, the cultural constructs, stay with me. I know this is a heavy sermon, and, and I, but, but it's just got to be said, okay? The woke answer is this. What you really need to solve all the pain and suffering of the world is you need better education, a better economy, give people more money, and make sure health care is good. We'll, well, tell that to the Nazi Germans. The most prolific culture in the history of the world in the 40s that incinerated millions of Jews... I mean, when you look at at a place that ought to be the bastion of amazing growth and good things, it should be Washington, D.C. Because you have the people that are making all those decisions in one little region. And listen, don't go there unless you got a shank and a gun. Don't go up in there without a gun. Because they check you at the door. If you don't have one, they give you one. You, you say, well, well, well how, how, how are we still being blessed? I mean, we're consuming, we're, we're changing definitions, we're, we're doing whatever we want to do, we're calling wrong right and right wrong. It's because of the grace of God. <laughs> the general grace of God is the only reason a fireball hasn't blown up our planet. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 1.17. I'm going to get to good news. This is all bad news. 117 says, he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus holds all things together. Listen, if he wasn't so gracious and kind, you think about just all the things you've done that deserve judgment, okay, and justice, and, and he kind of holds your life together. I mean, he, you, you still are alive. You're, you're still getting something to eat. You still have clothes to wear. Hebrews 1.3 says, the son is the radiance of God's glory, and he sustains all things by the power of his word. It's the word of God. That's how powerful he is. Listen, the reason you're blessed, it's not because you're such a great person, although I believe you are, I love you. But you're being blessed because we have a great God. And he says to you in the book of Job, and we're going to have a few weeks to talk about this, but he says to you, and this is the good news, evil and suffering is real, but it's limited. Because in this world, you will have trouble, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You say, well, I'm not having struggles. I'm not having problems. I just want to talk about how all the blessings that God has for me, and I want to talk about all the goodness he has for me, and all I need to name and claim. Okay, well, fine, okay. But, but here's the reality. That, that's not the gospel. If you're not facing some difficulty in your life, then you're probably not following Jesus. He says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And if you're following Jesus, there are some things that are painful and you're saying, I got to say no to that. I want to say yes to that. This is painful for me. If I say no to this, this brings me suffering and pain, but I got to say no if I'm going to follow Jesus. The reason a lot of people aren't suffering is because they're going down the enemy's wormhole and he's waiting down there to eat you. Had did that for the kids. We got two kids that got saved. <laughs> but that's what's going on when he sent the trap for you. Then it's too late. Then y'all call me. You know, they, well, why does this happen? Well, you know, if you if you walk, if you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that, guess what? You get to there. I'm a genius. I went to school. I went to the seminary. But God only allows. Here's the good thing. Here's the good news. Now, I'm, now, I'm moving to good news as we go all the way to the end. God only allows the devil to accomplish the opposite of what he plans in your life. That's why you know no matter what's going on in your life, he's accomplishing good things and not evil because God can't do evil things. He said, I, I, if, you, if you, you let me have Job, and you let me have it, Job, and I'll show you. He, 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 his testimony is nothing. Well, have at it. What am I doing 4,000 years later? I'm preaching about Job, I'm telling you about the faith of Job, the patience of Job. It was Joseph. You remember Joseph, little Joseph. He had brothers, and and they were all mean, and they sold him into slavery. You remember that? And and, and then they took him down to the to uh, to to the prison, and then he got out of prison, and he went to Potiphar's house, and 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 he's like the king of the FBI over the FBI, and Potiphar's wife was after him, and uh, and he, he 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 said no to her. He put the Heisman on her, and then they threw him back in prison for seven years, and then he got out, and he had this dream. I'm doing, like the whole, I'm doing the whole Genesis in, in 30 seconds. And then he looks, his brothers come. He has this dream about the famine, and they take food, and they keep the food. His brothers show up. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. And he goes, hey, look, you meant it for evil. The enemy used you. But God meant it for good. For the saving of many lives. Let me tell you something. If you know Jesus, if he's with you, no matter what pain and suffering you're going through, it is limited. And it's going to leave you in a good spot in time. Not in the moment. I'm going to tell you, in the moment, suffering, it hurts. It doesn't feel right. Listen, but Job had faith, and you can have faith. This is what faith is. It's embracing the God we know in the suffering we don't understand. I mean, the one thing you don't want to do when, when you're suffering is go, how is this God's fault? Hold on hold on. Don't, don't put God in the place of the devil. You say, well, what do I do? Three things. This is the end of the sermon, okay? Three things. And I want you to listen. I want you to crack open that shell. I want you to open that door for just a second because some of you are like, I ain't going uh-uh, uh-uh. I ain't letting you get in there. I, I've been deflecting. I've been distracting. I've been numbing. I've been playing the player. No, I ain't going to let anything happen. Would you just, would you stop for a second and let me speak to your heart? Would you stop it? Because it's killing you. Would you stop and listen? Number one, it's not just about what is happening to you, although I know that's important and it's true, but it's also what God is doing in you. Listen. When the enemy comes at you and things happen to you, I mean, I, granted, except I, I grieve that it's not we're in a broken world. There's a lot to grieve, but He's working in you. Years ago, sixteen years ago, Alicia went in for just a routine consultation. We'd been in the Cayman Islands. We'd come back from a trip in the Caymans, okay, and like we were living large, okay. It was August, the first of August. And uh, we're rolling in there in 2005, and they walk in, and the doctor's crying. I'm like, dang, man, I'm sorry, you had a bad day. He goes, hold on, they come and bring some more doctors. And I'm like, man, are all y'all crying, are y'all all okay? And come back and bring some more people. And finally, one of goes, Leisha's got cancer. And I went, dang, bro. How's that possible? She's the nicest person I know. You mean, I got You know, you mean, I got cancer? You mean, she got cancer? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been in that situation. That's a dark moment. And I had a moment to think. It was terror is all it was. It was just terror. It was sheer terror. I, bl- I think I blacked out. I just kind of went. I remember going home and sitting my three kids down in that love seat in their bedroom saying, Now, look, your mom's got cancer. I was uh, One good thing when you do what I do, you can, like, bull, uh, a bull. I need to stop. But, but I, said, I said, your mama's got cancer. She's going to be fine. Y'all go back outside and play. I promise you I said that. And they believed me. I mean, I, you know, I, can, I can persuade people. They went outside and I, I got in the bed and I, I, I pulled the covers over my head, a grown man. And I cried like a baby. And God began to work in our hearts, in our marriage. Began to clarify some things in our lives. Began to build intestinal fortitude in us for the journey we had in front of us. You know, sometimes when the worst thing in the world happens to you and you think God is killing you, it's the very thing that's given you life. Here's the second thing. Instead of focusing on what you don't know, Embrace the Jesus you do know. I love what Job did when everything fell apart in his life. And I've always read this because I've read, I've read the Bible, I don't, know, I don't know how many times, and I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just like, I, I like the Bible. And, and I've read this. Well, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I returned. Blessed be the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That's not how he said it. You know what he said? I came here with nothing. God's given me everything. I don't just love him because of the stuff he's given me. Because everything I have has an expiration date anyway. You do know that, don't you? If you put your hope in any person or thing on this earth, at some point you're going to suffer because it has an expiration date. My my daughter told me this morning. She said, "You got to start walking." I said, "Honey, I, I'm going to." I've, I said, "I've walked millions of miles in my lifetime." So you got to start walking. I said, I "No." And here's the reality. And I got to start walking. I got to start exercising. A lot of you've asked me about it. What, you know, are you okay? You know, no. I just like to eat. And uh, but 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 you know, you're polishing brass on a sinking ship, bro. Let that one settle on you. Put that in your CrossFit, because here's the reality. So, and I love CrossFit. Okay. Uh, uh. Okay, but, but at some point, it's going to lock up on you. You know, I mean, like, you, you can't be mad about that because we live in a, like, like Adam and Eve, we're going to live forever, okay? Perfectly, in a perfect place, and they sinned, and all of a sudden, death and cancer and disease and fatness, fat foods came in. And then all of a sudden, we got obese, okay, and everything fell apart. And Job says, hey, I get that. I don't. I haven't built a foundation of my life on, on my kids or my livestock or my property or my good looks. He said, I've built my faith on the foundation of God. He's my rock. Listen, you know what? When you want to have a life when, when waves hit you and it's coming. I mean, that tidal wave's coming. You want to just stand like a steer in a hailstorm against it? You get stronger. You get closer to Jesus. And I mean, when that stuff hits you, oh yeah, it'll, it'll kind of knock you off your feet a little bit. And then you just do like this right here. And all of a sudden here, you're like the Terminator, man. You're ready to go again. You know, here we go. You can't stop me. We're gonna keep walking. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep doing the right things. We're gonna keep leading my family. Had way too much coffee today. <laughs> Third and last thing. Accept the new life and vision that is coming out of death The death of broken dreams. That's hard. And I've watched this happen, and God's told me to say all this. But for a lot of you, you had dreams for your life. You had dreams for your marriage. You had dreams for your kids. You had visions of where you were going to be at a certain time, and it's not happened. And it may not happen. And God says, it's okay if you'll release it to me. Go ahead and let that be crushed. I'll give you a new vision. <laughs> I'll give you a better dream. But you got to be honest. And you've got you to be vulnerable. Because I'm making something new in you. We're about to hear a song. And I, I want this to be an experiential moment for you. We don't do this a lot. Uh, but we're going to give you a chance to ask God. And I want you to do this individually, wherever you are. You may be at home. You may be driving your car. Keep your hands on the wheel. Not a time to be charismatic. And uh, But if you're in your house, maybe sitting on the couch, if you want to get down on your knees and pray, you can because we're asking you to allow God in to all your brokenness and hurt and for him to make something new. When you hear about wine in the Bible, Jesus took the cup, you know, of wine. He said, this is my blood. It's not wine. It's my blood, okay? It's a symbolic of life and hope and strength and power. And we're going to hear in just a moment, it's in the crushing. It's in the pressing that God is making new wine, new power. It's in the breaking that God is making new wine in you, giving you a new life giving you a new vision, giving you new hope. I was driving down Broadway, and I, this song came on, and God said, that's the song. I mean, I, 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 seriously, I, I almost had to pull over. He said, this song is going to save somebody's life because they don't understand in the crushing, in the breaking that the enemy is bringing into your life. That I'm making a new life for you, a new vision, new hope. I know you said, well, get to the song. I'm going to. I want to tell you this before. And you can just, you don't have to stand, you don't have to sing. Um, The person that's going to sing this song had, um, it's so unique how God works, is he's speaking to me, speaking to other people. And this young lady is new to our church. um, And the last two years has gone through a lot of pressure, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt a lot of resentment, you know, and you're like, what's the deal, God? And for two years, she's been singing this song like to herself. So for a thousand times, she sang this song to herself and alone when she was alone. And of all the people they could have asked to sing this song, not knowing her story, they chose her. And so when you hear this song, this song is not about me. Well, some of it's about me because he's making new wine in me. But for a lot of you, this is about you. And if you want to come down, we had several people at 830 that came down and and knelt here and prayed. We had other people that just held their arms open, like, God, making me new wine in the crushing, in the pressure. I, I want you to make new wine in the breaking I, I, want, I want new wine. I know you, you have a new purpose for me in all the hurt that I've been through that I have just kind of helped, kept hidden that I've not wanted to deal with that I want to deflect and I want to deny and I want to blame somebody else and all the shame down in me. He says, I want to I lance that and kind of bring it out, and I want to make new wine in you. That's what he told me. And that's what's about to happen in many of your lives. Ask God to speak to you fully and clearly directly to your heart and to your mind during this song.
1: Rushing, in the pressing you are making new eye in the soil I now surrender you are breaking new ground Bring new wine out of me in the crushing. Make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.